Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Go week three, baby. We are here. We're in the thick of it. Undercovered ops week three. Week three, four is like the make or break of the fantasy season. I spend most of the day breaking down the cornerback rankings, trying to build those guys up, go through the cornerback matchups. We have a game analyst team of 75 guys that were split into formations, performance. That's my main task on Sundays and Mondays is getting this team, getting the charts in so you guys can have the advanced data. I go through it on Sundays and Mondays. I push to Josh. He goes through it on Tuesdays. Boom. The data is on the website for you, the people. And what I've been doing the last couple of days is breaking this up. We're trying to add another team to the system, trying to do the cornerback rankings. A lot of things are going on behind the scenes that you don't see. So I'm a couple hours late tonight. It's 8 p.m., but guess what? Week three, NFL season, it's coming. And what you don't want to do in fantasy is start out 0-1-1. You don't want to start out 0-2. And if you're there, it's tough. 0-3 is tough. 0-4 is almost impossible to come back from. But guess what? People have done it before. And if you're stuck in a rut, we at the Underworld are here to help you. We're going to help you win that championship. Just stick through it. Get these guys on the waivers. Don't blow your whole load on the guys that aren't going to carry you to the championship. you got to get the sneaky guys, and that's why I'm here on Undercovered Ops every week to give you the guys that you need, you want, that are going to help you. See, guys in the chat, 0-2, we hate that. We're trying to turn that around today, tomorrow, but by the end of the season, you make the playoffs, you get on a hot run, you're there. But do us a favor, click the subscribe button, give this show a thumbs up if you like it, support us on YouTube, the website, Josh is our site, both Matt and I's Patreon, patreon.com forward slash NFL. Come join the savages and let's talk some undercovered ops. At receiver this week, as we saw the past week, KJ Osborne, Quez Watkins, they are in fact real. We talked about these guys at length, Osborne on episode one. Hopefully you listened to that. Hopefully you snagged K.J. Osborne and you threw him on your roster before the season started because now, now, oh baby, oh baby, he's 19th in fantasy points ahead of Jamar Chase, Deontay Johnson, Keenan Allen, Christian Kirk. Need I say more? He's the wide receiver three in Minnesota, but guess what? He's playing like number two, and that's huge. Now, you want to break it down by game logs? Mike Hilton, Byron Murphy, two of the best slot corners in the league. Mike Hilton has taken a fall off the last few years, but Byron Murphy is as good as it comes as far as slot corners. Against Byron Murphy, K.J. Osborne, 5 for 91 on 6 targets. Against Mike Hilton, 7 for 76 on 9 targets. He's going to continue to eat, and this week he gets Ugo Amadi from Seattle, who is a outside the top 80 in cornerback rankings. He's smashing again, but... It's a tough one because you can start him every week, but can you do it with confidence? 
Sometimes you can. I think this week against Seattle, I think you'll be able to because I think it's going to be a shootout. And and I love that for KJ Osborne. He deserved it. He fought through this. He's fought through Ola B.C. Johnson. He didn't make the team last year. He finally made it. They brought in Amir Smith-Varset. They brought in Dede Westbrook, and he did it. He beat them all out. He's the starting wide receiver three in Minnesota. You got to be you got to be happy for the guy. Now, Quez Watkins in Philadelphia. I've been beating this one like like a drum for the last. I don't even know how long. I don't really care. But he's at a 50% snap share, 47.5% in the slot. 50% snap share in Philadelphia. And some little stats that, you know, the, the, the meaning for this feed me more is Quez Watkins. Quez Watkins, uh, KJ Osborne. There's more guys on this list that I'm going to be talking about in a minute. Feed me more. Five receptions for 140 yards, a long of 91. 28 yards per reception is number one in the NFL. 28 for Quez. 26.2 for DJ Chark, 23.8 for Robbie Anderson, 23 for Tyler Lockett. Feed me more. That's all we want. Give him opportunities. He's run 24 routes, five targets, five receptions, five catches, 140 yards, 28 per. He's been dynamic. Is there's opportunities this year? First quarter against San Francisco, 26 yards. Second quarter against San Francisco, 91 yards. First quarter, first play, second play, and third play against Atlanta. 10, 11, and 2 yards, never got the ball again in the second half of any of these games. If Philadelphia wants to win games, they need to feature Quez Watkins. It's simple as that. First in yards per target, first in catchable target rate. What more? Like, first in fantasy points per target, 3.80. 0.79 fantasy points per route run, ninth in the NFL. Quez Watkins, I'm telling you, man, once they unleash him, it's going to be a whole different ball game because you're playing with a guy that is more talented than Robbie Anderson. He's better than DJ Chark. And you're all going to hate me for that. But I've been saying this for a long time. This is literally Jalen Hurts' version of Will Fuller. You loved Will Fuller when he was with Deshaun Watson. You need to love Quez Watkins with Jalen Hurts. It's point blank period. Put a stamp on it. It's over. That's how it's been. You give uh, Devonta Smith seven targets, he catches two. You give Rager five targets, he catches two. You give Quez five targets, he catches all five targets, and he makes plays with it. That's the bottom line. Let's stop in Denver quick. Last week we talked about this. There was a situation where Jerry Judy goes down in week one. He has 16 slot snaps to Fance 12. After that, it was KJ Hamler with four, and Sutton ran six. That was in week one. Jerry Judy goes down. What happens in week two? The big storyline of week one was, oh, my God, Jerry Judy's down. What, what's going to happen? If you don't have, you know, Cortland Sutton, who, who's going to be the guy? And you had your Tim Patrick people. You had your KJ Hamler people. You had your you had your Noah Fant. I was on the Noah Fant train. I thought Noah Fant, he had, this, he had the slot opportunities. I thought that was only going to bump up even more. Obviously, it was Cortland Sutton week because he just went nuclear. And you don't need me to tell you that. You, you saw that on Sunday. If you didn't have him in DFS, you probably didn't win much money. After Cortland Sutton last weekend, who ran 31 routes and had 12 targets and dominated, it was Noah Fant with six targets, Tim Patrick with four, Albert, big man, Okui Boonham with four, who caught all four of those passes, then KJ Hamler had three. So the answer to the equation was, if you don't have Cortland Sutton, it really doesn't matter, but at tight end, Noah Fant, it's coming. It's coming It's coming quick, because if Jerry Judy doesn't come back for three, four, five weeks, Noah Fant's going to keep getting these opportunities, and it, it looks like they're trying to use a two tight end set. So you had Okui Boonham get four, Fant get six. They're going to push these two tight ends out there. They obviously trust them a little bit more than they do Hamler and Patrick. That's what Pat Shermer did in Minnesota with the Vikings. George Patton, Pat Shermer both come from Minnesota. Teddy Bridgewater was in Minnesota running the two tight end sets with Rudolph for years. They're going to do it again. And Albert O needs to be owned in all your dynasty leagues. I'm sure he already is, but if he's not, you got to grab him. 
It's sneaky because Fant is going to get used. And if anything happens to Fant, Okui Boonham is to the moon, whatever you want to call it. Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Las Vegas, and Cleveland coming up after the Jets game this weekend. This Denver offense is going to need to get going. I was talking to a charter we had on the team. He's watching Denver this last week, and he's like, man, Denver looks good. But they got one problem. They're two for 11 on third down last weekend. What you? That's not going to win you games in the NFL. As a Viking fan growing up, Mike Zimmer was always the guy who was like, Mike Zimmer is always notoriously top five in third down defense. And if you can excel in third down and defense, you can excel in football games, period. If you can't excel in offense on third down, you're not going to win that many games. Denver's going to be in these shootout situations. And this, this defense, and you know, Bradley Chubb just goes on IR today. Jerry Judy's been on IR. Denver needs their horses in these next four or five games, period. Now, I got this, I don't know, man, this this New York Jets running back situation has been, um, it's been on my mind a lot lately, and if you've been with me through the spring, all through the summer, Michael Carter is my fourth most owned player on underdog at running back for one reason. I don't like anybody else in this backfield. I don't, I think the, all of them are just a guy. Tevin Coleman's dust. We saw that. You already saw that this week. 40% snap share or opportunity share last week, 16% this week. Ty Johnson, 31% to 38%. Michael Carter in week one had a 27.3% opportunity share to which he had 20 yards. Week number two, he jumps up 18% to 45% and he has 88 total yards. The only receiver on the, or the only running back on the team to have receptions or targets. He had three targets. He finished with 88 total yards. I'm telling you right now, Michael Carter is to Ty Johnson what Kenyon Drake is to Peyton Barber. And Peyton Barber is trash. If you want me to break it down a little further, I went and I pulled about 10 guys. Cordero Patterson, James White, Jamal Williams, Kareem Hunt, Kenyon Drake, Naheem Hines, Javante Williams, Ty Johnson, Peyton Barber. And when you look at opportunity shares, you look at fantasy points per opportunity, yards created per touch, juke rate, yards per target, routes run, it points to two guys at the bottom. At the bottom, it's Ty Johnson, it's Peyton Barber, and the next three guys above that, Javante Williams, Michael Carter, and Naheem Hines are all together. Kenyon Drake's, he's excelling at a little bit better rate. Obviously, he's getting more... And also that that the Drake thing with with Barber is just ugly right now as far as running goes in in Las Vegas. The only thing that's keeping Drake afloat is his receptions. He's got ten of them. He's controlling the receiving game in that offense. But Michael Carter's a lot closer to Kareem Hunt and to James White and Jamal Williams and Naheem Hines than a lot of people think. And all they need, and I talked about this on on Tuesday on my waiver show over on my YouTube, Cody Carpentier on YouTube, is. This offense is going to suck, right? And going into the season, the Jets are everybody in the NFL is like, "Oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to make the playoffs. We got a good team. I really believe in it. We're young. We got talent. Blah blah blah." They bring in Salah. They have a great defense. Whatever. Now Mackay Becton's out. This defense is falling apart. Wilson throws four picks. He's still a rookie. He's still a rookie. And the bottom line is, Ty Johnson has no connection to this offensive coaching staff. They bring in Tevin Coleman and they bring in Michael Carter. Now I get it. Fourth fourth round draft pick. That's not great draft capital, but it was the 402, and this team brought him in. They liked him, and I had him best comparable to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Player profiler has him best comparable to Devonta Freeman. You can't hate it. You cannot hate Michael Carter if you like liked Devonta Freeman or you like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire last year. You just can't not like him. He was great at North Carolina, and he's outscoring his North Carolina teammate right now in fantasy points, and he's not even starting. He's got 13.8 fantasy points. Yeah, I know it's like hardly anything, but he also hasn't gotten over 50% opportunity share. He's RB43, 13.8. Javante Williams has 13.5. 
That's just the facts. That's just the facts. You know, go pick up Ty Johnson, Peyton Barber, in, in, enjoy your enjoy your squad. But guess what? I'm going to have all the Michael Carter, and all the Michael Carter is going to do is get opportunities because opportunity is king. And when you're on a shitty offense, you're on a shitty team, you're going to get chances because they want to see what the young guys are going to do. Go to Detroit. You all watch Monday Night Football. You saw the guy, Quintez Cephas, get the run. 36 routes. Tied TJ Hawkinson for first on the team. Quintez Cephas has quietly been, he's solid. He's not great. He's like, if, you, if you're starting four or five receivers on a team, you're going to roll him out there. You just are, point blank. Cephas has scored a touchdown in three consecutive games dating back to, to 2020. He had seven targets on Monday night, which was second on the team next to TJ Hawkinson. DeAndre Swift had five. Amon Ross St. Brown had five. I think the takeaway here is, though, Khalif Raymond is is really a nothing. You can't even he's unrosterable. Do not roster Khalif Raymond. If you do that, it's a complete trap. Amonra St. Brown, though, 23 routes in the slot out of 27 total. So Amonra St. Brown has taken that position over. He had five targets on Monday, three receptions for 18. That's going to come. It's gonna come. Amonra's gonna it's gonna happen, but just not yet. Because this offense is they're gonna be in these situations. They need to score points. They need to. TJ Hawkinson, 24 slot routes as well, 9 targets, 8 for 66. As expected, TJ Hawkinson is going to continue to eat. He's probably going to break the tight end record for targets in a season with like 155, 160, just the way it is. He's the feature on this team, and he's playing out of his mind right now. Quintez Cephas, though, the last two weeks, he lined up against Kevin King, 7 targets, 4 receptions, 63 yards, 16 fantasy points. DeMondre Lenore from San Francisco, very strong rookie corner. 7 targets, 3 receptions, 12 yards, 97 air yards, and 12.2 fantasy points. To end out the 2020 season, this is what I like to look at for Quintez. How he ended last year. He had a couple tough matchups. Kyle Fuller against the Bears, but he he, he didn't have broke a 50% snap share. That's just how it was. 39% against the Bears, 4 targets, 2 for 63 against Kyle Fuller who's a strong cornerback. Jair Alexander the next week, he catches two balls against him. And it's Jair, though, and he only played 50%. Ty Smith against Tennessee, one for 36, 79 air yards. Jamel Dean, one for nine. Uh, you know, you don't love it, you don't like it. He ends up the season against Harrison Hand and the Vikings, two for 51, 91 air yards and a touchdown. Quintez Cephas is a thing. You're not going to be like, oh, Quintez guaranteed starter every week, but if he's got a nice matchup and you know the focus is going to be on Hawkinson and Swift and even Williams at times... Quintez Cephas is going to score fantasy points, whether you like it or not. And if you need 10 to 12, 15 fantasy points, you can depend on Quintez Cephas to get you there. Goff likes to throw it to him. He likes going downfield. You got Hawkinson in the middle quadrants. You got Swift behind the line, the first five. Somebody's got to go deep. And Khalif Raymond's not good. It's Quintez Cephas. We talked about Cleveland last week. Odell sitting out the la- sitting out the last couple weeks. Is it for the team? Is it for him? Does he want to get healthy? Does he want this team to be fully healthy as the playoffs get near? Boom. Jarvis Landry goes down on Sunday against Houston. To the IR, Landry goes. And what happens the first practice back? Odell Beckham is full. Full practice. He's back. He's going to play. Now, Donovan Peoples-Jones, I think he becomes a zero. He's he's, He's the immediate backup to Odell. And that's why you saw him running the routes two weeks ago. I'm... I like DPJ, but I don't, not when Odell's in the lineup. This becomes more of a Schwartz, a Demetric Felton thing, a gadget guy, kind of like how Landry plays. Me and Matt talked about Felton back in like May or June on the Breakout Finder podcast. We, Felton is a, he played running back and receiver at UCLA. Very strong gadget player. Not really a great receiver, a great running back. He's just kind of good at both. 
We's like, what we said back in May and June was, if you put Demetric Felton in Jarvis Landry's back pocket and he's his shadow for camp and year one, come year number two, come year number three, when the contract expire for Landry and Odell, Felton can step into that role. And what did you see on Sunday? You literally saw Jarvis Landry get hurt. And the next thing you see is Demetric Felton run down the field for like a 35-yard touchdown. What more do you want? I don't know if Felton's going to be a guy we can depend on long-term in fantasy for 2021, but that gives you a lot, a lot, a lot to look for in Dynasty. So if he's there, I just added him in a couple of spots where he's just hanging out there. I didn't add him back in rookie drafts because I didn't know what the situation was going to be. There's a lot of guys in Cleveland. The door opened up. I snagged him. It's the way it was. From a route standpoint on Sunday, Donovan Peoples-Jones and Austin Hooper both ran 15. Anthony Schwartz, Rashard Higgins ran 14. David Njoku ran 12. Nick Chubb, Harrison Bryant ran 9. It's across the board. There's no clear guy. Grant, they're playing Houston. They wanted, They could play a lot of guys on the field at the same time. I still like Schwartz, though. I still like Schwartz in the situation. He was injured going into the weekend. He had one target, and it was a bad, bad route that he overran it. It was a high-crossing route, and, and Mayfield threw it like 10 yards short, I think, where he was supposed to be. It was intercepted, and they didn't go back to Schwartz after that. But we saw that again earlier. You know, I, I did a video after week one that showed Schwartz's upside, and Schwartz's upside in week one was literally five for 155 and two touchdowns. He made a bad route on one play, and Mayfield made a bad throw on the other one. Schwartz still has a little bit to work. He's 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 pretty raw, but he's great. He's fast. He's a strong keep. You got to hold him in Dynasty 100%. In, in, re, in 2021, it's going to be a lot tougher to depend on him. I think the guy you're going to be looking more towards is the tight ends, the Njokus, the Harrison Bryant's coming up pretty fast. You need to have him in Dynasty if you can make a move for him. This offense wants him. He had four targets on four slot routes, four receptions for 49 yards on Sunday. Harrison Bryant's a dude. Um, This offense is going to be a tough one. You're not going to be able to bet on anybody here. They're running three deep at tight end, like I just said. I love Schwartz. I love Odell, but Donovan Peoples-Jones, Richard Higgins are going to be a pain. We like Felton, but he's super fun. He's just a gadget guy. He's just like Hunt and Schwartz. There's a lot going on in this offense. And for fantasy, it's going to be really, really tough to depend on anybody. Even Nick Chubb, where you know Kareem Hunt's going to get the opportunities. Nick Chubb only had 11 for 95 on Sunday. It was like, uh, right? They gave Kareem Hunt 13. It's just, it's a tough place to to really bet on other than Jim just being a strong team. Now I want to thank one of the sponsors from the show, PR Breaker. You go over to prbreaker.com, use the promo code CODY10. If you get something... Tag me on Twitter. I have a giveaway. It's ending on October 1st, so you got about 10 days. Take a picture, post it on Twitter, tag me. You'll be entered for a free canister of PR Breaker. Now, let's go check out the AFC South. The team that just played the Cleveland Browns, Houston. Nico Collins, get better. Please get better. We wanted to see that. Last week I made a statement. I said Nico Collins is in the Josh Gordon role in this Houston offense. And what I meant by that, I got a couple people that tagged me on Twitter. They're like, what the hell do you mean? Josh Gordon? What? What? And you remember that Josh Gordon was the dude in Cleveland for how many years when Cleveland sucked? Cleveland was garbage, but the one shining thing was Nico. And the easy one, you were like, yeah, but dude, Brandon Cooks is there. Yeah, I know Brandon Cooks is there, but I'm saying Brandon Cooks isn't going to be there for the next five years. The guy that's going to be there is Nico. And I think Nico's going to be a part of this entire rebuild. That's the guy they want to feature. But he goes down on Sunday, unfortunately. Brandon Cooks ends up with 31 routes, 13 targets playing against Denzel Ward. 
extremely impressed with Brandon Cooks. I was not expecting him to do what he did against Denzel Ward and Greg Newsom. Just a phenomenal game all around from him. But we're not here to talk about the studs. We're here to talk about the undercover guy. Chris Conley is literally the number two receiver in this offense with 27 routes, four in the slot, two targets. Andre Roberts, did you even know he still played in the NFL? Because I totally forgot about that until a couple weeks ago when I saw the rosters break down. I was like, Andre Roberts made the team? Are you kidding me? You couldn't have went and got anybody else? Andre Roberts is now the number three until Danny Amendola comes up and likely takes his job in the slot. But Roberts had 10 routes in the slot, 19 total, two targets. He had one reception. At tight end, it's Farrell Brown, it's Jordan Akins. Brevin's not doing anything. 19 routes for Brown, 14 for Akins. Yuck, stay away. But David Johnson also, David Johnson's getting the most random opportunities. Six carries, 12 routes, two targets. They're throwing the ball. He's averaging like, he's going to end up with like eight points a game, nine points a game on the season. Just the goofiest career arc for David Johnson that you, a guy like him, like Le'Veon Bell, who is like fizzled out. Now he's hardly making the Ravens. He's He still hasn't been put on the active roster because he's not in game shape. But David Johnson went through back injuries and he's on this Houston team because Houston's so bad. And he's just kind of Going out there, doing his thing. He's 18 snaps and 12 routes and gets the carries and does his thing. It's like, what is going on down there? Danny Amendola finishes out five routes. Blah. Yuck. Stay away. Davis Mills comes into this offense completely out on this. I don't want anybody on here. Brandon Cooks, we need to pray that Tyrod comes back because Tyrod looked good. And I think he's what kept Brandon Cooks doing what he's doing. And we're going to get a very relevant season out of Brandon Cooks if Tyrod Taylor comes back. Another team in the AFC South. Big dog, Oshag Hennessy. We talked about him last week. He goes to the IR at tight end. They're just starting to feature tight end, and Oshag gets dumped to the IR with an injury after the weekend. LaVisca Chenault was another one. He came down with a shoulder injury this weekend, but I believe he was limited today at practice. He should play this week. 24 routes in the slot, 29 overall, 7 targets. He should be the feature of this offense. He goes out a little late. Marvin Jones finishes with 31 routes, 11 targets. He is the model X in this offense. It's Marvin, LaVisca in the slot, and then DJ Chark is just out there stretching the field with 28 routes. Now at tight end, if you really want to dig deep, and some of my Roto Underworld brethren know this name. We did rookie mocks all summer, all spring, all fall, and we're doing them now for the 2022 class. If you want to get in on a 2022 rookie mock draft, Hit me up on Twitter. We're running 2022 mocks all the time. Breesy Hall, Isaiah Spiller, Spencer Rattler, all these guys. But we ran mocks all summer, and this guy, when you time out, MFL had him up so high in their ADP or something that when you time out and you missed your pick, you automatically got given Luke Farrell. Luke Farrell, the tight end out of Ohio State, is now is now the number one tight end in Jacksonville over Chris Mannerts. Chris Mannerts ran eight routes. Luke Farrell ran 20, and 10 of which were in the slot. He had two targets and one reception. Now let me read you off Chris, uh, Luke Farrell's college statistics at none other than Urban Meyer's favorite school, Ohio State. As a freshman, 19 receiving yards on two receptions. As a sophomore, 200 yards on 20 receptions. As a junior, 119 on seven. And as a senior, he had 37 yards on five receptions. So, um, yeah, Luke Farrell's the starting tight end in Jacksonville. And I really don't know what to do with that because he's not that good. And I always looked at him as a run-blocking tight end. 
And if they're going to force him into a receiving role, that's really going to be a tough one to buy. But Luke Farrell is there as your tight end one. In Jacksonville, if you are in deep rosters like I am in a couple leagues where it's 55, it's 53, it's 70 man rosters in Dynasty, and you want to throw Luke Farrell on your roster for fun and just see what happens, you're more than welcome to because guess what? Target's got to go somewhere. And if anything happens to Visca, if anything happens to Marvin or DJ, you know what? Luke Farrell might just get some targets. At running back, though, Robinson 16, Carlos Hyde finished with seven routes as well. Targets, three for Robinson, two for Carlos Hyde. Finish it out in Indianapolis. The double high ankle sprain. I'm just kidding. One high ankle sprain, one low ankle sprain for Carson Wentz. He he should be back. this. I don't know if he'll play this weekend or not, but definitely the following weekend in week four, I think you can expect Carson Wentz back. Um, a big takeaway from this one is Jalen Ramsey lined up on Michael Pittman just 14 times in week two. Pittman was targeted once and it was an incompletion. Jalen Ramsey lined up on Zach Pascal 26 snaps last weekend. He gave up one reception for seven yards. So they literally targeted Jalen Ramsey twice while he was in coverage on Pascal and Pittman. Twice. Pascal's the top option in this offense. According to LA, like they wouldn't have they wouldn't have moved Ramsey. Ramsey's been playing a lot of slot over the last year or two. But they wouldn't have moved him into the slot and been like, hey, you need to watch Pascal. You're going to line up on Pascal more than anybody else in this offense if he wasn't the key, the heart to this entire Indianapolis offense. It's not Michael Pittman that's leading this offense in fantasy points from the receiver position. He's wide receiver 37. Yes, this weekend he went for 8 and 120 yards, whatever. But they didn't win the game. Jalen Ramsey took Zach Pascal and was on him the majority of the game, and he still had five catches for 48 yards, 29 in the slot out of 37 routes. He led the team in routes with 37. Zach Pascal's wide receiver 18 in fantasy right now with 35.1 fantasy points. 35.1. There's another guy in this offense that could be fantasy relevant as the season goes on. He was third on the team in routes with 29 He's from the Brent Selleck and the Vance McDonald family tree of comparables and player profiler. Both had multiple seasons as top 20 tight ends quietly. Selleck even finished tight end 5 early in his career. McDonald finished a top 15 as recently as 2018 in Pittsburgh. If you're streaming a tight end, it gets really ugly. And if you went late round tight end, there was this tier break. Obviously, everybody knows Kelsey, Waller, Kittle, Hawk, Pitts, and then it dropped. And if you didn't take advantage of those top six guys... Andrews is up there as well. Sorry, I didn't mention him, but it dropped. And if you waited till the last round, you might have ended up with a guy like Mo Ali Cox. You might have ended up with a guy like Tyler Conklin. You might have a guy like Mike Gusecki who's not doing a damn thing for you. Um, if you ended up in that situation, a guy that you can target, well, Paris Campbell's out, T.Y. Hilton's out, and Mo Ali Cox really isn't doing anything, is Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle is literally the tight end number 10 in fantasy right now. The Colts play Tennessee this week, who had 289 yards against in week one. 343 against 10 uh, against the Seahawks this last week. Jack Doyle had 3 for 21 last week, 5 for 62 this last week. Jack Doyle's a guy. He's going to get you tight end points. He's going to score, point blank, period. He's going to score points. It's very, very, very ugly. I get that. But I think he's closer comparable to what Wentz had in Philadelphia than what a Mo Alley Cox is. Mo Alley Cox just seems to not be hitting the button. He ran 13 routes, 5 slot routes and he only was uh, targeted twice for one reception. I think his, the rapport is just there with Jack Doyle. It's it's so random. Before I finish this out, I have to get a shout-out to Underdog Fantasy. I won a boatload of money there this last weekend using the Underdog Pick'ems. The Jalen Waddle over 46.5, the Juju Smith-Schuster over 4.5. These props come out on Thursday night. You have to head over there. You have to use the promo code UNDERWORLD. It gets you $10 at deposit. 
You put 10 in, you get 10 back, you put 20 down on a four leg, you get kicked back, 10x, do it, do it tomorrow, do it Friday, do it Saturday, do it for all the games. Just Even if it's a little $5 bet, it's fun to watch. It gives you a little adrenaline pump. Go to Underdog Fantasy today and just do it. It's, it's, it's fun. But there's one more guy in Indianapolis that I have to talk about. If you know, you know. I've been talking about him for a while. And the opportunity is sneaking up on us ever so quickly. And I want to be just a couple weeks ahead of it so that you're just a couple weeks ahead of it. We don't want to be stuck behind like some people are with K.J. Osborne, like people were with Quez Watkins. We were ahead. We want to stay ahead. T.Y. Hilton never is the same after this neck surgery. Paris Campbell can't escape the injury bug that he's fallen into since 2018. He just keeps getting hurt every year. The answer opposite of Michael Pittman and outside of Zach Pascal, a must-add in deep dynasty leagues with rosters probably over 28, 30 in that area. He doubled his routes in week two from 10 to 20. He saw a 27% upstick in snap share. It's the alpha male, the big dog, the playmaker out of Charleston University, Mike Strong. 